Bankless Nation, war has been declared on crypto. Today, the SEC announced charges against Coinbase for operating an unregistered securities exchange, broker, and clearing agency. Coin is down 10% on the news. We have Paul Graywall on the show. We had him on six weeks ago when Coinbase was originally given a Wells notice from the SEC. Now that day has come. We're bringing him back onto the show now that the lawsuit has been filed, and we're going to get to him in just a moment. But first, a moment to talk about talk to these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Kraken Pro has easily become the best crypto trading platform in the industry. The place I use to check the charts and the crypto prices, even when I'm not looking to place a trade. On Kraken Pro, you'll have access to advanced charting tools, real-time market data, and lightning-fast trade execution, all inside their spiffy new modular interface. Kraken's new customizable modular layout lets you tailor your trading experience to suit your needs. Pick and choose your favorite modules and place them anywhere you want in your screen. With Kraken Pro, you have that power. Whether you are a seasoned pro or just starting out, join thousands of traders who trust Kraken Pro for their crypto trading needs. Visit pro.kraken.com to get started today. Mantle is a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 network built differently from the other Layer 2s you may be familiar with. Mantle is a modular Layer 2 built on the OP stack but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle's gas fees by 80% compared to other Layer 2s, but it also reduces gas fee volatility. Mantle has a decentralized sequencer set, eliminating the risk of downtime and censorship on the network. And because Mantle implements multi-party computation Computation nodes, layer one settlement execution is shortened from seven days to as low as just one or two. Mantle is the first layer two built by a DAO and is backed by one of the biggest DAO treasuries in the world, BitDAO. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded to help the growth of Mantle, like Game7 for Web3 gaming, or EduDAO for the world of DeSci, and Bybit for TVL, liquidity, and on-ramps. Check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xMantle. Immutable is at the forefront of Web3 Gaming, on a mission to bring digital ownership to every player, offering the world's best games and game development platform. Immutable lets game builders and players focus on great gaming experiences. So, build your next Web3 game on easy mode with Immutable's leading full-stack Web3 gaming platform. Its built-in UX features, like the Immutable Passport, are designed for games to scale to the next billion players coming to Web3. With Immutable, players can sign up with an email, pay with a credit card, and experience a frictionless purchase purchase flow inside of games. So discover your next favorite game and explore a network of 150 games building on Immutable, including such titles as Gods Unchained, Guilds of Guardians, Illuvium, Ember Sword, and Metalcore. So join Web3's largest ecosystem of games and players. Build, play, and connect at immutable.com. Bankless Nation, I would love to introduce you to Paul Graywall, the Chief Legal Officer at Coinbase. And while I'm sure Paul is a great guy, whenever he is on the show, it's usually not for a great reason. Paul, welcome to, back to Bankless. Hey, David. It's great to be back on. Thanks for having me. Paul, so today's the day, huh? Well, uh, a lot's happened today for sure. Um, there has been um, no, no shortage of activity over here at Coinbase. Um, mm -hmm. But in a lot of ways, this was a day we knew that would come. And so mm -hmm. we've been preparing for it for a very, very long time. Yeah, so the SEC served a Wells notice to Coinbase six weeks ago. That's that's when we last talked. Uh, today's the day that that Wells notice finally came into fruition for a suit. Uh, is there anything new here? Like this is, you guys were prepared for this all along. Is there anything that's a surprise today for you guys? No, I I don't think there was much uh, in the substance of the complaint that was a surprise at all. Um, you know, the SEC did charge Coinbase with uh, a number of violations of federal securities laws. You know, the 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 honest reaction I had when I first got a copy of the complaint this morning 
uh, David, was finally, finally, I now at least know what it is that we are accused of, because as you and I talked about six weeks ago, uh, Coinbase has been operating in the dark, be, uh, largely because the SEC has refused to tell us until this morning exactly what products and services give it concern. So in a certain way, it was a moment of great relief more than anything else. Yeah, so that answers actually my next question about like, when did you know this action was going to be filed? So it sounds like you found out today that this lawsuit was going to to be today. The timing of this is interesting because Paul, you were a little bit busy today. Uh, what, what was up with the timing of the, of the SEC with the choice to drop this lawsuit today? Well, you say the timing is interesting, David. I'll say it's curious. I'll leave it at that. Okay. The fact of the matter is I learned about this complaint about, I don't know, 45 minutes before I was scheduled to walk over to Capitol Hill and testify before the House Agriculture Committee on a draft bill that was released last Friday. Um, so, um, yeah, it's um, interesting, curious, pick your word, that the SEC chose this morning of all days uh, to file the lawsuit. Yeah, and this draft bill is a bill that would provide clarity and regulation to the industry that we would much like to have clarity and regulation for. And so it's just perhaps interesting that now is one of the biggest news is biggest pieces of news that, that the crypto regulatory industry has in the last like year or so. Um, yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah, the, the, the bill is actually quite interesting and quite important. It will provide for the very first time a real market structure for digital assets, including both digital asset commodities and digital asset securities. It will provide a pathway for registration, serious oversight, real protection for consumers and investors. A lot of the things that we have been clamoring for for many months, if not many years in the industry. And if anything, David, this morning's lawsuit only proved the point that we were discussing uh, before the House Agriculture Committee, which is rather than develop and issue reasonable rules that everybody can live with um, for, uh, in order to bring crypto inside the regulatory perimeter, one part of the federal government has chosen a very different path, a path that relies entirely on a regulation by enforcement campaign. Yeah, the, the juxtaposition could not be clearer. The the law in question would provide exactly what we were asking for in the crypto industry to prevent exactly from what is happening with Gary Gensler and the SEC and this lawsuit with uh, with Coinbase. I want to read out a tweet that is circling around crypto Twitter because um, I think at this point we're beyond reasoning with the SEC. At least that's how I feel personally. So th this tweet reads: Let's be clear. The SEC complaint doesn't mention this, but there's currently no way for a platform like Coinbase to register as a securities exchange, broker, or clearing agent. That's why they, Coinbase, has been begging the SEC for years to give them a path to compliance. Instead of working constructively with U.S. market participants to come up with a working model, and knowing that Congress is actively considering legislation to do the same, the SEC sues. No allegations of fraud, just accusing Coinbase of failing to do the impossible. Failing to do the impossible. The, from your, I don't know to what degree you have the freedom to speak. Do they? Gary Gensler knows this is impossible, right? And so my question is like, what's the motivation? What what is the end game here? Because they're they're putting Coinbase in a rock and a hard place. They're saying these commonly listed assets that every exchange has are securities. There seems to be a dead end here. What's your perspective on the actual? Like, what does what does the SEC want? Judging by the actions. Well, I can't I can't uh, look inside of anybody's heart or head and know exactly what they're feeling or thinking. But what I can say is that um, you're absolutely right, David. As things currently stand today, not only Coinbase, but no 
uh, uh, operating exchange or other intermediary can register with the SEC in a way that would allow it to list and trade registered digital asset securities. And that's not just me saying this as the chief legal officer of Coinbase. As it turns out, earlier today in the uh, in the testimony that was presented at the House Agriculture Committee hearing, the chief legal officer of Robinhood, Dan Gallagher, made a very similar point in that, like Coinbase, Robinhood also has registered broker-dealers. But like Coinbase, it has nothing to list or trade on them because there's no way for issuers to practically register under the current regime. It's one of the reasons why we filed our petition for rulemaking uh, you know, back in July. And it's one of the reasons we've been banging on the SEC's door to uh, work with it um, to develop a sensible path to registration that will work for everyone, including investors and consumers. What I'm confused about, Paul, is why Gary has so much confidence they already are going after XRP, which is its own beast of, of, of a fight. But now they've picked they've picked fights with Coinbase and Binance, the two largest crypto exchanges in the industry. What what trick does Gary have up its sleeve? Like, why does he feel so confident that he can do this? Well, as I've said all along, um, the SEC chair is extremely intelligent, extremely sophisticated and should never, ever be underestimated. I found it very um, interesting today, however, that at least four or five times during the hearing that I attended and testified at, the chair of the CFTC actually presented his own testimony earlier in the proceedings. And at least four or five times by my count, Chair Benham, the chair of the CFTC, repeated over and over again that Ethereum, ETH, is a commodity, not a security. Now, you, you follow these issues closely enough to know uh, David, that Chair Gensler has refused to answer that question, even when he himself has been uh, testifying before the Congress. So the contrast could not be stark between the rest of the federal government, many, if not all of the states, almost all of the other countries that have taken a serious look at crypto regulation, and this one part of this one branch that seems to have a very different attitude uh, and approach to, uh, to, to sensible regulation. So with the Wells notice uh, that was around six weeks ago, the Coinbase said that the SEC refused to say which tokens were securities. Um, so one of the things that has happened in the last two days with this Binance and, and Coinbase suit is that tokens have actually been named, specific tokens, like the the, the commonly discussed tokens that are uh, in, on, on crypto Twitter, like Solana, Matic, Cardano, tokens that I hold, tokens that many bankless listeners hold. Is there any, do, is there any insight as to how the SEC picked this set of tokens? Well, there, there, I have I have very little insight for a couple of reasons, David. One is uh, the complaint does not provide much, if any, detail on why and how these assets, but not others, somehow qualify as securities under the Howey test and federal law. It's also quite interesting, David, that um, despite the chair's um, insistence that Ethereum might in fact be a security, notwithstanding what everyone else seems to have concluded, um, Ethereum was not charged in this particular mm -hmm. um, complaint that was filed against us, or as I understand it, against Binance. Here's the other thing that's really, really interesting, David, about the assets that the SEC chose to accuse, at least in our case. They didn't charge XRP historically. They didn't charge XRP in the Binance complaint. Binance mm -hmm. has, at least as I understand it, has listed XRP for some time as well. So it's really, really um, challenging I'll pick my words carefully to understand the rationale that the SEC is relying upon, which means, which, which to my mind um, suggests it's really, really challenging to understand why um, 
the leadership of the SEC is so confident in this legal analysis across a whole range of these issues. Yeah, you, you say challenging. I like the word chaotic. How can we, we can't pattern match when the SEC is going after Ripple, deeming it a security, but leaves Ripple out in an exchange that is currently listing Ripple, uh, talking about Binance, of course. Um, so, so when the SEC declared Ripple XRP a security, Coinbase and most other exchanges delisted it. Um, now in this, this particular suit, there's many more tokens and all of these tokens also have much more public support than Ripple ever did. Uh, will Coinbase be delisting these? Well, is there a strategy here? Like, I, I know you guys have only had so much time to think about this, but uh, is it, what's your guys' approach to this? Well, we have only had just a, 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 a very little um, amount of time to, to, to fully analyze these issues. But I will say this, um, the, um, you know, the decision to list or delist is one that we continuously engage in. We always consider new facts and circumstances. And so as we have before and as we will continue to do going forward, uh, we will take this new information and, and again, once again, evaluate whether or not um, the, the listing these assets is appropriate um, as non-securities. Here's the thing, though, David, I think that sometimes gets lost. We want to be able to list assets which qualify as securities. It's one of the reasons why we've been banging on the SEC's door asking for rules for many months now. It's also one of the reasons why I testified today in, uh, in, in, in support of this initial approach that the House Agriculture Committee and the House Financial Services Committee together have um, proposed. It goes a certain distance, I would argue a long distance towards addressing so many of the fundamental challenges that all of us have, whether you're talking about XRP, Matic, or any of the other assets that the SEC has seemingly arbitrarily charged as securities. Um, we're eager to, to, to get to a, 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 a regime where strong standards are put in place, strong consumer protections will apply, but there's a pathway for not just the Coinbase's of the world, but for issuers and others in the crypto economy to understand that even if an asset may initially be a security for one reason or another, it can evolve over time. It can decentralize in a way that makes it plain that it should be treated as a non-security or as a commodity under a very different set of rules. Learning about crypto is hard until now. Introducing MetaMask Learn, an open educational platform about crypto, Web3, self-custody, wallet management, and all the other topics needed to onboard people into this crazy world of crypto. MetaMask Learn is an interactive platform with each lesson offering a simulation for the task at hand, giving you actual practical experience for navigating Web3. The purpose of MetaMask Learn is to teach people the basics of self-custody and wallet security in a safe environment. And while MetaMask Learn always takes the time to define Web3-specific vocabulary, it is still a jargon-free experience for the crypto-curious user. Friendly, not scary. MetaMask Learn is available in 10 languages with more to be added soon, and it's meant to cater to a global Web3 audience. So, are you tired of having to explain crypto concepts to your friends? Go to learn.metamask.io and add MetaMask Learn to your guides to get onboarded into the world of Web3. Hiring people worldwide, paying them in crypto, providing them access to benefits, it all so complex. But it doesn't have to be. Complying with labor laws, payroll rules, tax obligations, and crypto regulations in every country that you employ someone is difficult, time-consuming, manual, and costly. And it's drawing more and more attention from regulators and governments. But there is good news. Toku is here. Toku is the first 
the employment and compensation platform for the crypto industry that makes this easy. Toku helps you hire employees or contractors and pay them in fiat or crypto legally, compliantly, and with all the taxes handled in over a hundred different jurisdictions. So whether you're an early stage company with just a team of two or you're an enterprise with 200, Toku has a solution that meets your needs. Toku is already working with the leading companies in the space, Protocol Labs, Hedera, Gitcoin, and many more. So transform your employment and token payroll operations with Toku. You can reach out to Toku at toku.com slash bankless or click the link in the show notes. Introducing ETHX from Stater. ETHX is a liquid staking token designed to maximize rewards, all while securing Ethereum. With Stater, you can run an Ethereum node with just four ETH, an 85% lower capital requirement versus the 32 ETH required for solo staking. With Stater's four ETH nodes, you can get a 35% average higher yield since you charge fees to those who use your node to stake their ETH. By running a node with Stater, the ETHX staking derivative token can get minted on your validators and can flow into the world of DeFi, which Stater is actively building integrations and partnerships into to increase the utility of ETHX. Stater allows for both permissioned and permissionless nodes to join the network, maximizing its potential scalability for ETHX while preserving the values of decentralization and openness behind its liquid staking token. Go to staterlabs.com ETH and sign up to get access to the Stater staking protocol. Arbitrum 1 is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum 1, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum 1 and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. So I'm not sure if you saw it, Paul, but the SEC just moved for um, a TRO to freeze Binance's assets, um, uh, Binance US, that is. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not. But I'm wondering if if there's any worry that they might do the same thing for Coinbase, and if, if Coinbase is prepared for that. Well, I, I did see a word across my screen about an application for a temporary restraining order that would allow the government to seize certain assets in the Binance case. Binance, we have yes. not- we have not been uh, served with any such notice, and I'm confident that we won't because the standards that would allow um, the, the SEC to make that request or application simply don't apply in our case. Mm. I can't speak to the Binance case, but uh, I'm confident that uh, we will have our full and fair opportunity to defend ourselves in court in our case, and we intend to take that opportunity up. So, Paul, what are the next steps here? Uh, is there... Do we have a date? Does Coinbase have a date with Gary in court? Like, how do what, what can we expect in the next coming days, weeks, and months? Well, the the the, the you know the feeling of relief I I mentioned very uh, at the very beginning of this podcast, David, actually went beyond just knowing finally what right. um, products are being accused. It's also a feeling of relief that we now, along with the SEC, are both parties in a court proceeding overseen by a federal judge, and that means that a federal judge, a neutral a respected uh, third party is going to have the final say on how this case proceeds, what claims have merit, what claims do not, and and frankly, whether the SEC has been following the law in its arbitrary campaign of enforcement going on how many, many months now. So um, 
as to how quickly this will all proceed, that is a, a ultimately a decision for the court. And of course, we will respect whatever schedule the court sets. I think, though, that you and other listeners can look to uh, other cases that have been brought by the SEC over the last couple of years and understand that these cases can take um, not just many months, but in some cases, many years. And so um, there is not likely to be a very quick resolution um, in, in at least our case, because we intend to defend ourselves. It's all the more reason why, David, that we believe so strongly that there needs to be sensible rules in place. There needs to be a legislative framework adopted so that these issues get vetted in an efficient, low-cost, high-credibility um, manner, as opposed to one-off cases brought in court that take months or years um, uh, to reach their conclusion. Well, call me an optimist, Paul, but if if you're telling me that this this case um, about very, which of these assets are crypto securities, if this takes years, I'm optimistic that we're actually going to be able to get legislation passed in that time. If that is true, how would that impact the actual court case? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful as well. I have to say that um, one of the things that struck me about today's hearing, David, was that it was serious. The Congress uh, men and women asked um, probing questions. It's clear they've been giving serious thought to these very challenging issues. They, they seemed interested? Very interested. And here's the other thing. It was bipartisan. I thought the care that came from one side of the dais was matched by the care from the other. And it's also clear from the chair's comments, Chair Thompson and Chair Patrick McHenry over in the House Financial Services, that they intend to move forward on this very, very quickly. So I'm very hopeful that we're going to see progress here as to how quickly and how much progress. Well, that's that, that still remains to be seen. And in the meantime, um, we're going to defend ourselves in court. We're very confident that uh, uh, any court looking at the issues raised in the SEC's complaint is going to reach the same conclusion as we have. The SEC is dead wrong. They've misapplied the law and that these claims have no merit. Well, Paul, I think I can speak for the entire crypto industry when I when I say Coinbase has our support and thank you for for thank fighting you. the fight in in court. Uh give us the silver lining here. What what's the light that you see at the end of the tunnel? What what can we be excited about even if this does take uh, a very long amount of time? Well, I can understand why why why, why some listeners may be discouraged by uh, these recent events, but if you just take a half a step back you'll see that you've got now clarity emerging all over the world, regulators in London, in Singapore, um, in all kinds of countries adopting serious, strict frameworks that impose real burdens on, 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 on crypto developers and, and, and exchanges, but recognize that crypto is an important asset class and critically that crypto is here to stay. That's something I think we should be enthusiastic about. Here in the United States, I think it's also important to be optimistic and excited that we have the Congress engaging with these issues in a very serious way, and at least based on today's um, hearing, in a very bipartisan way. That gives me cause for hope. But the biggest reason why I'm ultimately hopeful here, David, is that um, you know the crypto developers out there building interesting new networks and use cases and utilities, th their work continues unabated. I don't think there's anything that happened today or in, 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 in any of these recent matters that should discourage anyone from continuing to, you know, put in the hard work, develop great products and services, and continue to grow this amazing community. What can Bankless listeners, what can people sitting in their homes listening to this or watching this on YouTube, how can we help? How can we join the fight? So the number one thing you and your listeners can do is to make your voices heard. The, 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 the folks in the Congress, the folks in the executive branch, they all understand one thing, which is what their voters tell them. 
And so um, raising one's voice uh, appropriately, respectfully, but firmly um, is very, very important. And that goes beyond just a retweet. <laughs> that goes just beyond a like. Um, we have started something at Coinbase called Crypto 435. The 435 refers to the 435 congressional districts in this country. If you go to our Twitter uh, uh, handle, you'll see a pinned tweet that lays out all the ways in which listeners can get involved. Crypto 435 teaches people how to connect with their elected officials. It speaks to um, all the ways in which to advocate for cryptos and sensible crypto regulation. Um, this is an important opportunity and important time for everybody to get involved. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming right out of DC into this live stream. I really, really appreciate it. We will put that that pinned tweet into the link in the show notes. Uh, Paul, there is this uh, promo video that Coinbase dropped today. So I'm going to say goodbye to you and then we're going to play this video. So Bankless Nation, stick around. Um, Paul, I really appreciate you and, and thank you for for fighting, uh, fighting the powers that be for things that I deem to be uh, authoritarian and top down and just not uh, resembling crypto values. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Bankless Nation, you know the deal. Risk and disclaimers. Crypto is risky. Bitcoin is risky. Ether is risky. Trading illegal crypto securities is definitely risky, but sometimes you can't really help it. Uh, you can lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we are glad you are with us on this bankless journey. Now, let's watch this video.